Hey, it's Javier. I'm, as you can probably tell, I am a little bit under the weather. I've been fighting off some crud lately, and it's prevented me from actually finishing the series that I was going to air for you today. It's a new series called The Red Collar Killer. I am putting the final touches on it now. As soon as it's ready, it's going to go on Pretend Plus and Patreon, and hopefully it'll be ready for you guys next week here on this feed. So I was thinking, all right, I need to air something, right? And I was thinking, you know, I have almost 200 episodes now, and I look back at some of my favorite episodes, and and I see the ones that don't get a lot of traction, maybe because they're like in the middle of the catalog or something. But this one that I'm going to play for you today is called The Lie Detector, and it was a two-part series. And I am going to just smush it together and make it one giant episode. And this episode is really special for me because I was actually the last person to interview Doug Williams, the former Oklahoma City police officer who basically went on a crusade against the polygraph industry. Um, He died shortly or right before part two aired yeah it it was it was crazy and and i had just called him on a whim you know and i caught him and you'll hear it on the episode i caught him while he was driving the highway he's one of the most colorful characters i've ever interviewed on the show and if you know me i love to tell a good story and i love people who tell a good story and doug williams was one of the most memorable i think and so I hope you enjoyed this um, this revisit of The Lie Detector. It's been a while since I've listened to it. Also, I, I need a favor, okay? I've been posting almost every single weekday on YouTube, and I get, like, these pitiful view counts, okay? This is like a little pity party, so cue your, your little tiny violins. But I get, like, you know, like... 13 views here sometimes they'll get like 200 views there you know and i have millions of downloads on this podcast i have like over 10 million downloads on this podcast so i think i could do better i think you could do better if humor me just just humor me go on youtube right now like seriously while you're listening to the lie detector go to youtube right now my handle is at pretend pod just follow me just just to make me feel better because it's, it's so much work to do these little daily videos and I feel like no one's watching them. So, uh, come on. Just, just, just for me. Anyway, I appreciate it. Let's play the lie detector. I'm going to go uh, make myself some hot tea. All right, take care. Doug Williams. Hi, is this Doug? Hey, it is. Hey, Doug, it's Javier with the podcast. How's it going? Hey, I forgot all about you, Bob. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm cruising down the road on a turnpike. If it's okay with you, we can carry on. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> you can say the, the the crazy crusader is still on the road with his eye in the rearview mirror for the federales. <laughs> You're just as exciting as, as I imagined you to be. Doug Williams is looking over his shoulder because since 1979, he's been on a crusade trying to defeat the polygraph machine. In 1996, he started a website called Polygraph.com, offering a manual and one-on-one training teaching people how to beat the test. He claims the machine doesn't work, and as a result, innocent people are paying the price. Is there a way to physically tell when somebody's lying? No. There is no Pinocchio response. Your nose does not grow when you lie. Now, polygraph reaction is very, very simple. It's a, it's a 
is a fight or flight response. A fight or flight response is when a shot of adrenaline shoots through your body when confronted with a threat. Imagine a bear kicks open your cabin door, your blood pressure rises, your sweat glands pour out, and your heart begins to beat harder and faster. That's what it's called the fight or flight response. Now, I will give them this. About 50% of the time, when you ask a relevant question, did you steal that $10,000? And a guy did, in fact, steal that $10,000, and he has a reaction. 50% of the time, that means he probably did steal that $10,000. According to Doug Williams, a lie detector test is about as accurate as a coin toss. But 50% of the time, it can also mean that he's enraged having been asked the question in the first place. He's suffering from misplaced guilt. Even the tone of the examiner's voice can cause him problems. I'm sure you've heard this argument before. Many people have pleaded guilty and skipped trial because they failed to polygraph during an interrogation. Once upon a time, if you applied to work at a department store and you failed the polygraph test, well, that sucks, but you can always get another job. But in Doug Williams's world, one bad polygraph test and your government career is toast. In the federal government, if you have a reaction on that when you're applying for a job, and you are not only denied employment, but you're placed on a blacklist and you're never allowed to apply for the government job ever again. That could ruin somebody's career, right, if it got it wrong. If, if it's a coin toss the way you describe it, you, you could be out of a job in government forever. That happens millions of times a year, my friend. Doug Williams says that the polygraph is just a stage prop used to scare people. How does he know this? Well, because he spent most of his life in law enforcement using it as what he calls a psychological billy club. To him, it was just a tool to beat a confession out of a bad guy. But over the years, he's realized that the polygraph test is just that. It's a test, and it can be cheated. And he was going to devote the rest of his life to destroy it. Doug Williams made a career giving people polygraph exams. Now, he's going to prison for teaching people how to cheat the test. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Picture this, a foggy evening, the whisper of secrets in the air, and an invitation to step back into the glamorous and mysterious 1920s. That's the backdrop of June's Journey, the game that's been keeping me glued to my phone lately. Instead of doom scrolling on social media, I am actually playing the part of June Parker, a daring detective with a personal mission to solve her sister's murder. And let me tell you, it is a roller coaster of emotions and puzzles. What's to love? Well, first of all, the thrill of hunting for hidden objects. I'm a sucker for these kinds of games. 
It's kind of like those books that we grew up with, but with a storyline that keeps thickening. Plus, the game takes place in New York to Paris, uncovering clues of scandalous family secrets that make you feel like a real detective. If you're ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and the glamour of the 1920s, June's Journey is waiting for you. Download it for free on iOS and Android, and let's see who cracks the case first. This is Special Agent Brian J. Lully with CBP Office of Eternal Affairs. Today's date is February 21st, 2013. This is an undercover operation for countermeasures training to Douglas Gene Williams at his polygraph suite. This agent has already paid Mr. Williams $750. I will give him approximately $250 uh, once I enter the room. An undercover agent from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency paid Doug Williams to teach him how to beat the polygraph test. It was called Operation Lightbusters. Doug Williams had no idea he was being recorded. Let's listen to the tape. Now, tell me what this is all about. What kind of test are you going to be taking? Well, it's going to be for the Border Patrol. Uh, no problem. I've taught a lot of those guys. Back. I know what I'm doing. You will pass with no problem, but I'll, I'll prove it to you. Just let me do my thing, mm -hmm. and you just let that little meat computer absorb what I'm okay. going to tell you, right. and then you don't worry about any fucking questions. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're lying, whether you're telling the truth, whether you intend to lie, whether you don't know a lie from the truth, or whether you're a psychopath, or any of that shit, mm -hmm. okay? Understood. First thing, okay. let me do the talk. Okay. The undercover agent tells Doug Williams that he's worried about failing. You're sitting here all about these words. Well, this girl's fucking good. I'm worried about these two. Like, you all know the fuck all that shit. Okay. Uh -huh. We're getting positive here. Okay. Why? Because everybody that goes through my training passes, and you ain't going to be any exception, all uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. What Williams doesn't realize is that right outside his door, several U.S. Customs agents are waiting to make an arrest. And by the end of this training session, Doug Williams will walk out of this office in handcuffs. Doug Williams was charged with two counts of mail fraud and three counts of obstruction of justice. Each charge potentially adds 20 years of prison time and a quarter of a million dollar fine. Instead of facing a jury, Williams stood before the judge and pleaded guilty to all five charges. Eventually, Doug Williams was released from prison, and after years of reflection, he posted this video on his website, polygraph.com. Am I still doing this? Yeah, I'm still doing this. But word of caution is in order here. With this crew back in charge and the deep state fully entrenched now, I fully expect them to come back after me again and shut me up somehow, some way. All I'm saying is I'm offering this service now it is available now, and it works. As to how much longer I'll be able to offer it, heck, I don't know. So you're back at it. You're, you're back at doing the same thing that landed you in prison, right? I'm back doing exactly, exactly. They're, they're, so, they're so scared of me. They're so scared of everything I'm trying to do that they put me under a restriction that they call supervised release saying that I was prohibited 
from engaging in, quote, any form of polygraph-related activity for five years as a result of that, two years while I was locked up in the federal prison, and then three years after that while I was on their little supervised release, which is a form of... Doug Williams says he knows it's only a matter of time before the feds come knocking again. Now, let's take an example of a bank robber. He robs a bank. He goes th- gets thrown in prison for it, comes out and says, okay, I'm going to go rob another fucking bank. He goes and robs another fucking bank. You think they'd throw his ass back in prison or try to? Hell yes, they would, because that was a crime. What I did was not a crime. They know damn well it wasn't a crime, and they don't dare try to do something like that again. The biggest question I have for you is, why Why even put yourself out there? Why are you doing this? Like, I get that why you're doing it. What's in it for you? Well, just that, that question, I, I've wrestled with that for a long time. The fact of the matter is, there's nothing in it for me. I, I'm... I'm just one of those old crazy sons of bitches. I mean, I was raised by a, a, a Methodist preacher going to small towns all over Oklahoma and East Texas. And we just, there's just certain things you learn in that type of a community and that you don't forget. Like the Bible says, you raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And I was raised to say that if you see an oppressive situation and it's within your power to stop that oppression— you do not have the option to decide whether or not you're going to do it. It is your duty to do it. How would friends and family describe you? Oh, it runs the gambit, but that's usually in the negative side. I wanted to better understand Doug Williams. I couldn't figure out, A, how exactly do you teach someone to beat the polygraph? And B, if the technique doesn't work, then why is the government even after him? I remember... When I first started this crusade, I'm talking about driving down the road, looking under every image, see, see, how, see how many feds are following me. That's, that's not something that's just said flippantly. As soon as I started my war against the polygraph, I was, I was followed by my FBI agents at that moment. But you got to understand, see, I'm not your normal human being. And he's right. Doug Williams is not just some ordinary guy pissed off at the government. In fact, he used to be one of them. In the mid-60s, Doug Williams served in the U.S. Air Force. He was assigned a top-secret communication position at the White House. According to Doug, he was whisked away by men in dark suits and sunglasses to an undisclosed location. They sat him in a square windowless room, and sitting in the desk in front of him was a metal box. This was Doug Williams' first encounter with a polygraph machine. They asked him a series of questions, and with each answer, the ink-filled pens moved up and down, monitoring his biofeedback. Luckily for him, he passed with flying colors. Doug Williams was assigned the White House Situation Room during a volatile time in U.S. history. The Vietnam War was in full gear. His job was to take the incoming messages and hand them directly to President Lyndon Johnson and no one else. I had quite a situation when I was uh, in the military. I was assigned to the White House Situation Room. I handled all the eyes only for the president messages. In other words, I and the person who sent it and the president of the United States, the only ones that ever saw those messages. Uh, I had the highest security clearance that it's possible to have. Everybody was following me. I mean, I had to simultaneously clear seven different agencies, CIA, FBI, Secret Service, all them sons of bitches, before I could work in the White House. And if any one of them blackballed me, I'd be out. I mean, I had a perfect career. I had 17 letters of commendation and not one black mark on the police department. I had letters of commendation from everybody from Kissinger to Haig to 
Nixon, do you name it? Hell, even Johnson wrote me a commendation when I was working for him. I was one of those birds that, like, man, this motherfucker, if he's in a, if he's in a mood to start talking about shit, there's no end to what he could say. Now, I'm not going to, and I never would divulge any secrets because I swore I would not. But polygraph shams is not a fucking secret, and I'm going to tell their fucking scam till I die. After his stint at the White House, Doug Williams moved back home, working at the Oklahoma Police Department. How did you get into the polygraph business? I saw it as a quick way to promotion. I, I made detective pretty quick, uh, but I was one, I was angling I was angling for for sergeant, and I knew it was be five or six years. And I saw this little notice on the bulletin board, I was looking for a polygraph operator. And that it had to it carried the rank of sergeant automatically. So what I did was I uh, the list of every possible question they could ask me. I mean, I must have been three or four hundred questions time I was through. And then I tried as best I could to commit them to memory, and then memorize as best I could my responses, or at least an outline of what I wanted to say to respond to. Then I set my ass in front of a mirror on a chair and worked on my facial expressions and everything, so I'd be very convincing. And I went in and just evidently blew the blew them away. Doug Williams got the job and was sent to polygraph school. I knew that I knew from the get go it was a scam. In fact, I went in there the first day and I was in there with a guy who was a retired FBI agent. And we went into class the first day. At the end of class the first day, he told me, I said, "Man, this is bullshit, isn't it?" And I said, "Yeah, it fucking sure is." And he said, "I can't do it. It's just a scam." I said, "Yeah, I know it is." Doug Williams says that his role as a polygraph operator wasn't just to get the truth out of someone. No, it was to get a confession. But I'm a damn good interrogator. Now, if I get this into my hands, I'm going to be a, a world-class interrogator, which I ended up being because I scared the piss out of people with that polygraph. That's all it was ever designed to be, by the way. A psychological billy club, right? Just a, yeah, just yeah, yeah, just a prop for an interrogator. Psychological billy club that will coerce you into giving a confession. So, in a sense, it's a useful tool for law enforcement, right? Yeah. If by useful you mean that this is a socially, somewhat socially acceptable method to beat the fuck out of somebody physically, you just beat the fuck out of them emotionally and mentally. The whole setup of the whole polygraph is designed to put the person taking the test in a very subservient position. The person is sitting in an overstuffed chair with big old arm on it. And the first thing you do when you're getting your polygraph suite set up is you go in there and you cut off three inches of the chair. So that way he's always well below you in a subservient position. Then you you secure that chair to the floor. You nail it to the floor, screw it in, or whatever you got to do. You nail it. It's, it's secured to the floor where you can't move around. And then you're on a nice roll-around executive chair where you can roll around, put your knees right on his knees and all that. Doug Williams says that it didn't matter which side of the street you came from. If you were unfortunate to walk into his office, well, you were in for a torturous ride. His words, not mine. You tell him how it works. You tell him what's going to happen when he lies and his heart's going to beat fast and his blood pressure's going to increase and all that shit. And you convince him that it, that actually going to happen every time he lies. And then you start with your test. You hook him up first. To, first thing you do is hook him up on all that stuff. And you've got him under control. He feels like he's in a fucking electric chair by now. He's scared to death. If he shows any defiance or any anything like you're running a scam here and I know you all, you knock that shit out of him right away. By now he's shaking like a fucking leaf. 
verify beat him and tell him he has he's lying whether he is or not. And if you want to get a confession out of him, you get a confession out of him. So how exactly does a polygraph work? In order to learn how to beat the test, you have to know what they're measuring. For a simple explanation, I called George Mashke from antipolygraph.org. Let's say you're suspected of robbing a bank. You'll be asked a series of relevant questions such as, do you suspect anyone of robbing the bank? Do you know who robbed the bank? Did you rob the bank? These are what they call relevant questions. And of course, anyone, even if they didn't rob the bank, might get nervous when being asked accusatory questions like that. So they'll compare your reactions to those questions with your reactions to what they call control or comparison questions. These are called control questions. And these will be questions, for example, did you ever lie to get out of trouble? Did you ever lie to a person in a position of authority? Did you ever take anything that did not belong to you? And they'll tell you these are character questions. They secretly expect that everyone's response to that is going to be a lie because everyone has lied to get out of trouble at some point. Everyone has lied to an authority figure. Everyone has taken something that didn't belong to them, even if it was something they borrowed and never returned. The way they measure whether you're telling the truth or not is by comparing your reaction to the questions about robbing the bank to the control questions about telling everyday lies. If the question about lying to a person in a position of authority appears to bother you more, then it's decided that you must be telling the truth when you deny having robbed the bank. Now that you know how it works, it seems pretty obvious how you beat the test. You somehow have to have a physical reaction during the control questions, you know, the everyday lies, and somehow calm yourself down during the relevant questions when you're lying. Easier said than done. Could I fail the test just because of the anxiety of taking the test? Will that anxiety just automatically make me fail? It, it, it absolutely could. If you're if you're more anxious when answering the relevant questions than the control questions, you'll fail. Uh, polygraph operators will claim that they take into account uh, background nervousness, but it's a lie. They don't. When I explained to you about control questions, very few polygraph operators will tell you that on a nationally aired podcast. That's their secret, is that they lie about the control questions. You're not supposed to know their function, that they secretly expect your answers to them to be lies. That's their big secret. When the American public at large knows about it, the polygraph's days are over. They'll have to find a new scam. So now you know how to beat the lie detector test. We'll actually get into more detail on how to do it. In fact, I'm going to play more of that undercover sting so you can hear for yourself how it's done. But first, back to Doug Williams. You mentioned that fear has a smell. What, what did you mean by that? Fear has a smell. To me, it smells roughly equivalent of a mixture between shit and spinach. But it comes from, an, from a, there's an actual gland in, in your crotch area that secretes a certain substance that is only secreted when you're in abject terror. And that's that fucking thing has a smell that you will not forget once you smell it. So you're you're not you're not being facetious or anything. You're saying it really does smell like shit and and spinach? That's what it smelled like to me. 
And he's right. Aprocrine glands are found in places you have hair, such as your armpits or groins. These glands release a milky fluid when stressed. This fluid is odorless until it combines with bacteria in your skin. The result is a pungent odor that many describe as rancid, musty, even sour and sweet. Doug Williams says that once he got a whiff of that, he could make anyone confess to anything, whether they did it or not. I never did get a confession out of anybody that I didn't absolutely know was guilty and had, had for sure lied on the test. But but you could if you wanted to, right? Easily, easily, easily. And God knows how many people are in prison right now because that crushing pressure got to them. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's it can be intense. <laughs> Today, Doug Williams is on the other side of this argument. He's devoted his life to outlaw the polygraph test. But for years, he's played along, wielding the power that the polygraph gave him. I couldn't help but wonder why the change of heart. When was it that you decided to quit? Well, when I decided to blow the whistle on the polygraph. I mean, it quit being a tool that I could, I could rationalize being used uh, for just for criminal purposes when it's being so badly abused on the private sector. And I really, I was, my goal was at first to just get it stopped in the private sector. But the government has expanded its use so badly that it needs to be just stopped. If it works, fine. If it works, they wouldn't have thrown me in prison. They'd have said, oh, fuck, you can't teach somebody how to beat it. What are you talking about? But they knew I could. They knew I did. And they knew I was doing it and would continue unless they stopped me. When my old man, my old man was, he worked his way up in the church anyway, he says, uh, I told him what I was going to do. I'm going to call a news conference and tell him how this polygraph doesn't work and quit my job as a cop. Anyway, the first thing he did, looked up from his desk, pulled his bifocals down, he locked eyes with me. He says, son, have you taken leave of your senses? (laughs) (laughs) When did you realize that you could game the machine? From the day one. I knew pretty much right off the bat. It's no big trick to it, but I've refined my technique drastically over the years. Did you ever test it on yourself? Did you hook yourself up and try to cheat? Oh, man. There's some stories about that. I'll tell you what. Can I take just a break here for just a second? Yeah, man. And then uh, can I just just call you back at this number in a few minutes? Yeah, just call me back. All right, take care. We're going to take a break, too. And when we come back, I'm going to play the rest of the audio from the undercover sting. You'll hear exactly how Doug Williams does it. Doug Williams and I spoke for over an hour, and as you can tell, he's a high-energy guy. So we took a break. A few hours later, I called Doug back, but I couldn't remember where we left off. We were talking, what we were talking about was did I try the sting technique out on myself oh, before that's I right. you propagated? Where, you remember where be, we left before off? I pro, be, before I propagated that propaganda to the public at large? Did I did I make sure it actually worked? Hell yes, I did. Doug Williams learned how to cheat the test, and he wanted to let the whole world know that it could be done. So he set up a news conference. When I called my news conference, I got my little sister Janet up there. I say, this polygraph's such a joke. I can teach somebody how to beat it in five minutes. What was the news conference like? Because I don't think I've seen it. 
Oh, it was 1979. I doubt you were even alive. No, I wasn't, but I, I wasn't sure if there was video out there of it. That that was quieted down quite quickly. <laughs> I called the news conference and said, this is what I'm doing. I'm a polygraph operator. Polygraph doesn't work. Hurts a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. I gave my spiel, which I was really getting down pretty good by then. And I got my little sister up there. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how easy it is to manipulate this chart tracing. I'm going to have her react to every odd-numbered question on the first chart. Number one, good reaction. Number two, no reaction. Number three, so on and so forth to 10. Then we do it on odd numbers, same thing. No reaction on twos, all reactions on odd numbers. So sitting there demonstrating how easy it is for you to manipulate every tracing on the polygraph chart. Which Doug thought if a polygraph test can be manipulated this easily, then it's clearly useless, right? So... I thought, well, that should be the end of this shit, but no, no, no. And that's a, that, that polygraph, the government loves that polygraph. So they, they actually got, the chief of police got a hold of the news media and threatened them and said, if you, if you run that story and you show any footage of his demonstration, you'll never get an interview from any of our police officers ever again. Wow. And, and they, they shut it down. Did, so they, nobody ran that news conference? Not one media outlet. And there were all of them were there. Get one guy who... I did get one guy who was a he was a talk show host on KTOK. He said, "I'll give you a shot. Said, I'll give you an hour." I came in there and we started talking, and he he his, he stopped me. He says, "I'll tell you, there is not one light on my entire board." My producer tells me that is not blinking right now. Wow! People are wanting to tell their stories. And I said, "Well, let's let them talk." I said, "They're the most eloquent spokesman for how bad this shit is." One solid hour, we let people tell their stories, and I mean, it was astounding. It was astounding. Does any particular story stick out? Oh, man, they're all, I'm flying for this job, and I was called a liar, and I'm, I'm sitting here starving on unemployment, and I can't do a job. That's why I blew the whistle on it. What's the trick to beating this? Is it an easy thing? Is it one of those things that once you learn, you're like, oh, man, that, that's easy? Or do you have to really train to try to trick it? Started off being hard as hell. I mean, I had to train them on muscle exercises and breathing exercises. And, man, it was a pain. Half the time they couldn't figure it out and half the time it didn't work. And half the time I felt guilty even trying to train somebody because I didn't know if they'd be able to pull it off. But I kept working at it and kept working at it. And if Doug Williams was going to show people how to beat the test, he has to make it easy. If I might say, I had a stroke of genius. And I said, so, you know, polygraph's only a lie detector if you think it's a lie detector. He says, once you stop thinking about it as this mythical truth lasso, you start to realize that it's just a prop. It's like a magic trick. Once you know the secret of how it works, it loses its powers. It's only a lie detector if you think it's a lie detector. When I followed up on that to say, I've been teaching people breathing exercises and how to, how to show what a reaction is supposed to look like. It's just... It's complicated. The whole polygraph system is so frightening and so complicated. So he started looking for a simpler way to cheat the test. Then one day, it hit him. I read something about the pucker. What is, what's the pucker? That was one of my first tries. That's how I first discovered how the polygraph was a joke. I, 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 knew, I knew what it recorded. In other words, it records your blood pressure, your pulse rate, sweat activity on your hand. And the breathing. 
And I knew how to, to duplicate a, a erratic breathing pattern, but I didn't ever know anything how, how to do the GSR or the blood pressure. How do you make that? How do you make that increase at will? I just couldn't ever figure it out. Well, I was out drinking with my buddies one. No, actually, they came in. They came in after the night shift and was talking about a chase they'd been into. And he said, "I oh, man, my, this old boy shooting at us. We took off after him. And my partner was driving crazy, and I was shooting and." He, my partner lost control of the car doing about 100 miles an hour. We went out across a bar ditch and threw a barbed wire fence and out across the field. Said, man, pucker factor was way up there. Said, man, I was pinching donuts out of that fucking seat. And I remember the Vietnam, some Vietnam guys that talked about pucker factor being real high when you went around this trail or whatever. Like, shit, man, it's pucker factor. The pucker factor. Yes, if you haven't figured it out by now, Doug is talking about the anal sphincter muscles. When you squeeze your butthole just right, it causes blood pressure to spike. Go ahead, give it a try. I'll wait. So when they left, I just set myself myself up to the polygraph and tightened up my anal sphincter muscle like I was trying to stop a bowel movement. Lo and behold, man, a perfect cardio increase. And I thought, oh shit, man. And so that's when I start. That's when I coined the phrase: a polygraph operator ain't nothing but an asshole with a little training. So it takes an asshole with little training to beat an asshole with little training. But did it work, the pucker? Oh, hell yeah, it worked, but it's too damned obvious. Most people would overdo it. They'd sling ink all over the polygraph guys for a first-time try for somebody who's already scared. And when they try it, they, they overdo it, and it's just as obvious as hell what they're trying to do. By the way, if you want to play along at home, take a shot every time you hear the phrase anal sphincter or anal pucker. Here's George Mashke again from antipolygraph.org. That, that's when you would apply the anal pucker. Now there are sensor pads placed under the seeps by many agencies, including all the federal agencies will have a seat pad. To detect any... Uh, yeah, these seat pads are so sensitive that on many tracings that I've looked at, you can see that the movement of the seat pad tracing is mirroring the breathing of the mm. subject. They, they move up and down together. Yeah. So they're, they're quite sensitive. What if you put a, a thumbtack inside your shoe and like press that, or is that just- That's another countermeasure. Uh, again, you put the thumbtack like in your sock, secret hidden away in your shoe. And then when the control questions are asked, you press your toe on it to create pain, creating a reaction. There's a counter countermeasure to that. The operator can ask you to take your shoes off. There are also other countermeasures. Either doing arithmetic in your head as fast as you can when a control question is asked or thinking scary thoughts. Is it really that easy? Is it, is it that easy to, or is there more to it? Well, in a secret U.S. government study conducted circa 1995, 80% of test subjects were able to beat the polygraph. And the technique they were taught was when you hear a control question, pick a large number in your head and count backwards by threes as fast as you can. So you're so focused on the numbers. That yeah, on the control questions. How do you keep track of the actual conversation? And wouldn't you look distracted when you're doing that? Well, no. At approximately 20 second to 25 second intervals, the operator is reading one question and watching your reaction, giving you time to level off, return to... Uh, homeostasis before asking the next question. Mm, okay. So it's not like you're trying to apply this technique while engaged in a, in a conversation. Okay, so tightening the anal sphincter is out. 
Doug came up with another foolproof approach. This is the technique that landed him in federal prison. With my training now, that's why they're so pissed off at me, because they can't figure out what I'm doing. If the chart is too perfect, then they assume that the person has been trained by Doug Williams, so they're going to call him using countermeasures. I started studying up on hypnotism, and it's amazing what you can do with hypnotism. So I devised a hypnotic script. I stole it, actually, parts of it. I stole parts of it from a natural childbirth script where they kind of hypnotized these women for natural childbirth so they wouldn't have pains and all that. And then I took another another part of it from a dentist who pulled teeth with, with his patients being under hypnosis, and they didn't feel any pain. What? Getting your teeth pulled or drilled without medicine? That's insane. So I searched it on YouTube, and sure enough, people actually use hypnosis at the dentist. In his medical hypnosis practice, Juan helps patients take the suffering out of their visit to the dentist. Doug Williams took these techniques and applied it to his training. And I just customized it down to be specific specific for, for passing the polygraph test. And basically it has to do with with, a, with triggering a, a post-hypnotic suggestion, which, by the way, is a trade secret that you'll have to pay $150 to get me to give to you. What I've done then, though, is I've changed it, where all they have to do now when they go take the test is to label in their mind, label the questions as relevant questions, and I have implanted during that hypnosis time a, po- a post-hypnotic suggestion that the moment they label that question as relevant question, their mind automatically takes them back to this picture of this beach that I've got them on. And all they're doing is watching the waves gently rolling into the shore. So the question, they don't listen to the question to see what he's asking you. Did you steal that $10,000? Blah, 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 blah. We're just, it's just air going through vocal cords. Again, the concept is easy. You have to get yourself worked up when you should be calm and calm when you're lying. In order to pass a polygraph test, you have to show a reaction on at least one control question, preferably if it is only one control question, and no reaction on any of the relevant questions or any of the other introductory questions or anything else. Let's play audio from the undercover sting to show you how it's done. Two things about the polygraph. First and most important, it's an interrogation. Second thing about the polygraph, there are only two types of questions. Relevant and control. All right. Okay. What's your first name? Brian. B R I A N. I A N. Guess what, Brian? That's a relevant question. Okay. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes and relax. Just close your eyes and relax. Take your mind to a safe, enhanced mental imagery. You will clearly remember everything that happens. I want you to imagine being on a beautiful, deserted beach. Doug walks the undercover agent through a guided imagery exercise. You're lying on a beach chair staring out at the ocean. You're watching the waves gently rolling into the shore. How do we keep from reacting on a relevant question? We just go to the beach. We don't internalize the questions. We don't think what he's asking. We simply say, this is a relevant question. What do I do on relevant questions? I go to the beach. Uh, Relevant question, I'm laying on the beach. You will go to the fucking beach. Now, back to the undercover tape. I'm now going to count from one to five. And at the count of five, you will open your eyes and pull the other. Completely refreshed. 
is absolutely confident that you will pass your polygraph test. And by the time I get to the count of five, you will be alert, relaxed, and absolutely confident. Three, four, five. Okay, open your eyes now. You know that nice, calm, relaxed feeling that you have right Oh my now? God, yeah. That's exactly what you're going to feel when you label the questions as irrelevant questions. Your subconscious will automatically take over, and Brian, you cannot fuck it up. It's impossible for you to fuck it up. Now, back to my conversation with Doug. So, I just tell him, label in your mind every question as relevant, unless it's that one control question that you're going to react to. So then they automatically label it as relevant when they do. Your mind takes them to the beach, and they have no reaction at all. It's very simple now, but it's only simple because I'm a fucking genius, and I made a very complicated, very frightening process into something that is utterly simple and foolproof. Now Doug Williams will hook the undercover agent to the machine. By the end of the session, the agent will actually be able to beat the test. It's actually pretty incredible to listen to. They start with the control questions. For example... Have you ever stolen anything? And I want you to sit there and kind of act like you're thinking about it. Yeah, I'm sure I have. You say, well, what are you stolen? I say, well, let me think now. Yeah, well, I stole this or I stole that or I stole five dollars from my mom's purse, whatever. Another control question could be, have you ever lied to anyone? He may say something about, have you ever lied to someone authority to keep from getting in trouble or have you ever lied to get out of trouble or something like that? Again, you'll say, I told my supervisor I finished a report when I really had but whatever. Have you ever lied to get out of trouble? And you'll yeah. say, bingo, there's another control question. Remember, we've all stolen something in our lifetime and we've all told lies. This is what the polygraph operator will use to measure deception. Now. Doug Williams teaches him how to have a fearful reaction to an irrelevant question, such as, is your name Brian? Is today Friday? Is the sky blue? All you got to do now is, what are you going to think about? What scenario are you going to run through your mind that will cause you to have a physiological, fearful, nervous, scared type reaction? Uh, fear of falling, fear of drowning. Do you have any children? Are you afraid for their well? i got two girls, yeah. Okay, the more children in picture is your two little sweet little girls. You're playing on the front yard of your nice little house. And they're throwing the ball, and one of them throws the ball out in the street, and they both run out to get the ball, and that big-ass four-by-four pickup truck smashes them into fucking hamburger right in front of your eyes. Does that cause you to have a whole bunch of jumbled-up emotions? Damn, that's brutal. But the point of this scenario is to provoke a physiological reaction to a question that would never cause you to show any emotions. You feel helpless. You feel rage. You feel all those jumbled up emotions. I want you to picture that scene as though it's actually happening right in front of you and relive it as though it's actually happening when you answer those control questions. Oh, man, I can feel my heartbeat. That's great. We're going to go through it again. They run through the exercise a few more times until Brian, the undercover agent, gets the hang of it. I want to do one more time. This time we're going to go again with the eyes closed. Besides what you've told me, have you ever lied to get out of trouble? Control? No. Do you gamble? Relevant? No. Have you lied to me on any of these questions? Relevant? No. Are you doing anything to try to beat this test? Relevant? No. You follow me so far? Yes, uh, absolutely. I might, even, I might barely even listening to you. There you go. Because the only, the only thing, three questions that you care about right now is have you ever stolen anything else? 
Have you ever told any other lines? And have you ever lied to get out of trouble? The rest of them are just white noise. White and noise you're on the fucking beach, okay? Uh, now, control. And just like Doug Williams promised, in a short one-hour session, he was able to teach an undercover agent how to cheat the polygraph. Here's Doug Williams going over the results. Anywhere here is probable no deception. But you've got it right where we want it, right in the green. No deception indicated. I, I think, I've never taken a polygraph, but I, I think I would totally fail at trying to beat the machine just because I wear my emotions on my sleeves. If I get nervous, I've noticed that I, I take this gulp, you know, this, and I, I don't know why, but yeah. I do it involuntarily. The thing of it is, the thing, the thing of it is, I remove all that from you. What about you? Do you think, knowing what you know now, that you can cheat a polygraph test? Also, if you've taken a polygraph test before, shoot me an email or a tweet and let me know about your experience. As for Doug Williams, his crusade landed him in prison. It has taken away his livelihood, and it's tarnished his honorable law enforcement career. It's taken a toll on him, but he's not planning on stopping anytime soon. Something. You know when I asked you for a break on our first interview? Yeah. I did have to do, run some errands, but really, it's it, it's um, I need a break on these things. I like doing these interviews because I like getting the word out to people, but it's at some cost to me. And and that's what it's like to talk about this for you. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine, well, man. It, you, it, you paid the price, right, for this crusade. Still paying I got, I got a, I'm, I'm a five-time felon trying to get by on Social Security, which, by the way, when you're in prison, they stop your Social Security, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. They, they do. They do everything in their power to utterly destroy you. The criminal justice system. Utterly destroy you. But they ain't going to get the Midnight Rider. <laughs> Next time on Pretend, we're going to continue to look at this from a different lens. Doug Williams says that teaching people how to cheat the polygraph test is a good thing. It protects innocent people from incriminating themselves. But can his tricks be used by bad guys? Here's more audio from that undercover sting. When I sold the cocaine to this girl in the jail, when she got out, I started having sex with her. He said, I've done a few things, but I just don't want it to get back to the sheriff. That's next time on Pretend. This year in 2021, the polygraph machine turns 100 years old. Of course, man has been lying since the beginning of time. That's a lot of lying. And humans have tried all kinds of creative ways to find out if someone is telling the truth. The oldest technique is torture. In the Middle Ages, they would use boiling water on suspected liars. They believed that honest men would tolerate the pain better. Brutal, yes. Torture almost guarantees a confession, but the quality of those confessions are pretty unreliable. It wasn't until 1921 that a machine was created that could measure both blood and breathing. We call this the polygraph machine. It's much more gentle than pulling off someone's fingernails with pliers. But the question is, how accurate is it? The device has changed form since its inception, but the basic technology essentially remains the same. 
Here's George Mashke from antipolygraph.org. There was an earlier device developed by William Moulton Marston, who later went on to pen Wonder Woman. Yes, the creator of Wonder Woman was one of the pioneers of the polygraph machine. In the comics, Wonder Woman wraps her lasso of truth tightly around the villain. But the purpose of the golden lasso was less about getting the truth out of someone and more about submission. If you ask George Mashke, the goal of the polygraph isn't much different. He says it's always been about gaining dominance over someone. You said that the creator of the lie detector test was a phony and a crackpot. That was the FBI's opinion, and that's handwritten on into his FBI file. The first lie detector test. It was basically a blood pressure cuff. There was no chart or recording, so there was no record that could be returned to after the test was over, just his notes while conducting the test. William Moulton Marston was a man of many talents. He not only invented the polygraph machine and created Wonder Woman, he also wrote ads for Gillette. The Gillette Razor Company made a series of advertisements in the um, 30s where he claimed that he could tell that Gillette razor blades were better than competitors by charting their emotional responses of people as they'd shaved with Gillette blades versus competitive <laughs> competing blades. And he claimed that the lie detector showed that <laughs> Gillette blades were best. And it was utter bullshit. It says now lie detector charts emotional effects of shaving. of shaving. Yes. <laughs> How emotional reactions to shaving reveal differences in razor blade quality. The lie detector records normal blood pressure before typical subject began shaving. And then step two was fluctuations show emotional disturbances caused by shaving with substitute blades. And then record off an easy, comfortable Gillette shave. No unpleasant reaction here. Those were the days. <laughs> William Marston wasn't the only quack. But the man who started the CIA's polygraph program thought that plants could read human thoughts. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of crack pottery involved with polygraphy. Grover Cleveland Baxter was largely known as Cleve Baxter. Yeah, he, he, he had a, one of the earliest polygraph schools. It was while he was in New York. He had an office plant that his secretary brought in, and he was going to water it. And the idea occurred to him he could attach the finger plates from the polygraph instrument to a leaf and see how long it would take for water that gave the plant to reach the leaf if there was any change. Somehow he came to believe that the plant could read his thoughts and, and intentions. But despite this quackery, the lie detector prevails. Baxter, in fact, is hugely influential on the polygraph techniques used today. He developed the system of numerical scoring that's taught at the Federal Polygraph School and developed the most common technique that's used for criminal interrogations called the zone comparison test. The first director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, one thing he had right was that the polygraph is unreliable. And the reason he knew it was unreliable was because the first time they used it in an espionage investigation in 1938, a spy passed it and escaped on the next ship to Germany. And even the strongest supporter of the polygraph will admit that it has had some spectacular failures. In 1986 and 1991, a CIA officer passed two polygraph exams all while spying on the United States for the Soviet Union. In 1994, Ulrich Ames was arrested as a Soviet Russian spy. 
And he'd beaten the polygraph twice while he was spying for the Russians. You would think that if a KGB agent could pass the test, that the federal government would rely less on this machine. Well, they tried that, and the FBI got burned again, with yet another KGB double agent. FBI agent Robert Hansen spied on the U.S. for the Soviets from 1979 to 2001 and never once was required to undergo a polygraph examination. As a result, a polygraph is now required for all new hires, and then they have to repeat the test every five years. So somehow the FBI got it in its head that it would be a good idea to require applicants to be special agents to take a polygraph test. Well, at the request of Jack Ruby, the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy has today conducted uh, a polygraphic examination. Even serial killers have passed the polygraph test. The Green River Killer, Gary Leon Ridgway. Real bad guys have passed the polygraph test and almost have gotten away with it. But countless innocent people have also failed. The most notable to me was during the time when detectives were searching for the notorious BTK serial killer. Bill Wegerly, whose wife was killed in 1986, was a suspect until DNA evidence traced it to Dennis Rader, who was ultimately the BTK mm -hmm. killer. This is a guy who failed the test, and now the world believes that he killed and murdered his own wife. Yeah, isn't that horrible? Today, we're going to continue looking into the art of cheating the polygraph test. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend, stories about real people pretending to be someone else. In our last episode, you heard from Doug Williams, a former cop who administered polygraph tests for years. Polygraphing itself is a good tool. It's a good interrogation. Like I said before, there's a lot of thugs that need the shit scared out of them, and I'm proud to be one that'll scare the shit out of them. And I was damn good at it, and I still would be if I chose to do it again. So let that be said. Polygraph is good for certain circumstances. Doug Williams says that the polygraph test is an excellent interrogation device, but it's a horrible lie detector. I knew, that, I knew from the get-go it was a scam. Polygraph's only a lie detector if you think it's a lie detector. Then one day, Doug Williams decided to quit his job and devote the rest of his life to defeat the polygraph. And his new crusade against the lie detector landed him into some serious trouble. Today, Doug Williams is a five-time convicted felon, all because he taught two undercover agents how to cheat the test. I had been doing this for 30 Seven years teaching people how to beat the fucking polygraph. 37 years. 
till the government polygraph operators finally decided that I was doing something that they could not no longer. What they understood was that I was going to completely undermine their entire polygraph program and show what a fraud it was and put a $4 billion industry out of business. They set me up on bogus charges and threw me in prison and, uh, and, and for, for something that I had been doing for 37 years. When they put me in prison, though, that changed the whole the dynamic for me. Before, it was me taking on an evil industry, just this generic group out there. Now, Tom Sheck, Schwartz, Ball, and their little puppy dog, Robbins, from the Department of Homeland Security, all three of which were polygraph operators, finally got themselves in a position of authority, and they abused their authority to throw me in prison. Well, that made it personal then. This is Special Agent Brian J. Lilly with CBP Office of Internal Affairs. In the last episode, you heard audio from the undercover sting. But what you didn't hear was the reason why the undercover agent was there to begin with. Here's a clip from the tape. Doug Williams asked the agent to think of the scariest thing he could think of, a memory so bad that it would cause his heart to race. The agent took this opportunity to share some incriminating information. Scenario, are you going to run through your mind that will elicit this response in your mind? What are you going to think of? I got two things. Okay, tell me what you're going to think. When I was a jailer, I smuggled cocaine in the jail. Okay. For an inmate. Let's don't think about that. What else? What's the other one? Well, when I came over to the road, I uh, had to go to the high school to pick up a, a student because she was involved in drugs, took her to the station. Interviewed her, and on the way back, we kind of messed around. Yeah, we're not going to think about that. Honey. You've been in a gunfight. Are you afraid of falling? Are you? Do you have any children? This agent just confessed to smuggling drugs into a jail and having sex with an underage girl. How did Doug Williams react to this information, and why did he continue teaching this guy how to beat the test? Is this even ethical? Should Doug Williams have continued his training session? Or should he have just stopped right then and there? We're going to hear more of this tape later in the episode. But first, let's go back to the central question in this whole thing. Do polygraph tests even work? For that, I turn to an expert who uses this machine every single day. Have you been accused of cheating or lying, or do you believe someone has lied or cheated on you? Polygraph, better known as lie detection, can help you with these issues. My name is Andrew Goldstein. I am a multi-state licensed polygraph examiner. Andrew Goldstein is a polygraph examiner for polygraphexaminer.com. So I called him to learn more about his work. What are you measuring when you're conducting a polygraph? Blood pressure, sweat response, breathing, movement. Who's coming to use your services? Well, I do everything from rape, robbery, murder, molestation, post-convicted sex offenders. Uh, past week, I did a missing person cases, all the way down to infidelity. I'm a private examiner, so I do work for law enforcement. I work against law enforcement, and I work for the public. Let's say you had company at your house, and your wife's jewelry goes missing. There's only three people in your house. You know it's one of those three people. People typically want to know who that, which one of those was. They don't always want to get a hold of the police. They want to just find out the truth and rectify it within the family. It's interesting. It's like the way you just painted that picture. It's almost like a game of Clue, right? And sometimes people, when they know they're getting ready to have an exam, they'll confess right before they walk in the door. Sometimes it, they wait till they ask for an exam. Or sometimes they just say they're not going to take it. 
And is that the point of the polygraph, to get a confession? No, the point of the polygraph, when I, when I look at what I do every day, and I don't, I don't care if it's just an infidelity case where someone's marriage is on the line, and but what I look for is the truth. If someone's telling the truth, I want to help them prove it. If someone's lying, I try to help them be honest. So in your opinion, how accurate are polygraph machines? Polygraph, believe it or not, polygraph is not a machine. It is strictly biofeedback. There's no machine that pops up and tells you anything. What you're looking at is science. You're looking at data, you're looking at information. Andrew Goldstein says that people who expect the machine to spit out a result of whether someone is lying or not are thinking about it the wrong way. He says that the machine records data. It's up to the polygraph operator to interpret that data. It really depends on the technique someone uses, the experience of that. The examiner makes a difference. The examiner does make a difference in a polygraph. You want someone that is experienced. It's just like a doctor that comes into your room and spends two minutes with you and then wants to make a diagnosis and leave your room and doesn't really get to know your whole situation versus a doctor sits with you for 20 minutes, 25 minutes and gets to know exactly what's going to hit you. rather be with him, you know, but meanwhile, they're both doctors. One's just better than the other. Polygraph is the same way. It's no different. Or think about a, de a detective that spends, you know, four hours on a case versus one that spends three days. The one that spends three, whoever's it's the time. It's someone that really cares. The machine hasn't changed much over the years, but Goldstein says that the data is much more accurate. It's just an old technique that was invented, you know, over 100 years ago. Polygraph has gotten better, when it, obviously, when it comes to accuracy, reliability, and validity. There's no better way in science right now to detect when someone is telling the truth or not. There is no better way. According to Wired magazine, the cost to administer the test in the U.S. is more than $700. They say it's a $2 billion industry. The machine is a workhorse. Not only do government employees have to regularly take the test, but sexual offenders also have to undergo examination to make sure they're compliant with their supervision and treatment programs. Is there a way to cheat the polygraph? Well, I have tested polygraph examiners. I have seen people do things uh, that are very unusual, try and alter a test. When Most people that want to what they call beat a polygraph test, alter it to where it's visibly noticeable what they're doing. You can see they're trying to beat this test. Years ago, you couldn't see those things as well. Due to technology and motion centers, you can see more of what people are doing. And are you re referring to flexing your anal sphincter? Correct. Yeah, there's people move their arms, they, they, they hold their breath, take, I mean, all the crazy things. But when you're, when you're watching biofeedback, you can see this happening. This is not something you can't say. It's not visible. You can physically see it. If they try to physically alter that test, I can show it to them. Why are you doing this? And I'll ask them, why are you doing this? This is not normal data. This is not normal physiological response for a body. I've, I've spoken to people who claim that they could beat the polygraph by putting themselves in, in a state of hypnosis, almost like a trance, so that they could counteract the physiological responses. Uh, well, this is the best way I can describe that to you, and I understand what you're saying. If you, what I'd want, the, way, the best way of telling people that is if you drive down the street, okay, and you go 15 miles over the speed limit, and you go past the police officer, what could you psychologically do to yourself to make yourself not have a response knowing you're speeding past that police officer? What could you do? What could you think about? 
What kind of trance can you put yourself in not to realize that police officer is going to fly behind you and put his blue lights on? What could you think? What can you what can you mentally think about? Think about the ocean. Think about something else. And all you're going to feel is your heart jumping out of your chest. Even though you can afford that ticket, it's the thought of getting caught. People have the fear of getting detected. The person that I talked to, I'm sure you're familiar with Doug Williams. Are you familiar with Doug sure. Williams? Yeah, sure. He He's like, this is just a fancy billy club to get confessions out of people because a lie detector only works if you believe it. Well, people still have fear of getting detected, period. Okay. Now, there are people against the industry. There are people like that that also make a living off of saying things like this. How they make a living. They sell books, videos, whatever they do. Uh, I, I, I try to ignore people like that because to me, they, they, they have their own agenda. There's a lot of people like him out there. Um, everyone has their agenda, and that's his. He's had it for a long time. That's been his job. When I'm not looking for confessions, if someone's telling the truth, I want to help them prove it. The greatest cases I have are when I take someone who gets released from jail for not doing something they didn't do and then find the correct person. I use science. You know, this is not my emotions. I'm there to do a job. When we come back, more of my conversation with Doug Williams. Doug Williams worked as a polygraph operator for the Oklahoma City Police Department. Then one day, he decided to quit. So you did this for seven years, and you said it was bullshit from day one, but why did you do it that long? Well, I did it because it worked. And, and I, I would still continue to do it if, if, if the rest of the polygraph operators would have any vestige of, of integrity, but they don't. It, it's just a big scam. But I could justify what I did very easily because there's some guys that need the shit scared out of them. There's some guys, believe it or not, there's some badass motherfuckers like me that brace up badass motherfuckers that everybody else is scared to brace up. So they need fucking bracing up. There ain't no shit about that. And I didn't mind locking them motherfuckers up, and I didn't mind being more of a badass than they were. But let's don't do it to a 16-year-old kid who's applying for a job at a fucking drugstore. An article from the New York Times from 1986 states that during this time, 2 million Americans were required to take a polygraph test a year, and 50,000 were denied employment or promotion based on those results. You don't do it to, to, to kids trying to go in to get a job at a drugstore or 7-Eleven or something like that. Back in 1979, they were running millions of tests every year. You couldn't get a job as a, as a bank clerk or anything else unless you took a polygraph to get it. But they don't use it anymore, right? It, didn't Reagan pass a law against that? No, fucking Reagan didn't pass a law. Doug Williams passed a fucking law. Reagan was gonna, Reagan was gonna veto that son of a bitch. No, Reagan didn't fucking pass anything. The law we're talking about is the Employee Polygraph Protection Act of 1988. The EPPA prevents employers from using a polygraph, with one exception: government employees. Doug Williams is working on changing that. He wants to make sure that government employees have the same protection as everyone else. If we're not going to outlaw use in the government like we do in the private sector, we should at least put some stringent requirements on it. The sentence simply said, just none of this law applies to the United States federal government or any law enforcement agencies, blah, blah, blah. So they just do whatever they want to do. 
we need to get that sentence taken out and those restrictions put in. Let's get this down and put, get it out of the area of witchcraft and get it into some sort of a way where we can calibrate and see what's going on here. Doing that would make them jump through so many hoops they wouldn't use it like they do now, just every damn time for every applicant, for everything, every internal investigation, because it's so easy to turn to it. Reagan threatened to veto the Employee Polygraph Protection Act unless the government was given carte blanche ability to run any kind of test they wanted. Remember George Mashke from earlier in the episode? Well, he too is a casualty of the lie detector test. He says the government accused him of being a spy after he failed the polygraph test during his FBI application. Being falsely accused of lying about contacts with members of a foreign government and unauthorized disclosure of uh, classified information. You were trying to apply to become an FBI agent. And as part of the process, you have to take a polygraph, right? Right. They had just begun requiring polygraph testing. I was one among the first to be polygraphed for the job. I told the truth on the, on the polygraph. I answered all the questions truthfully, but nonetheless failed. Why do you think you failed that test? I don't know. I didn't feel particularly nervous when answering the questions. I was never able to see the polygraph charts. Did you know right away that you failed the test or was it afterwards they sent you a letter and they just told no, you? No, the, the, the polygraph operator told me I failed at the end and he asked me, uh, you know, pressed me not terribly strongly, but for, for any admissions. And I had none to make because uh, Right, I answered all the questions truthfully. You were an aspiring FBI agent. You know, you apply, you take this polygraph test, and then you fail it. And you're not quite sure why. What was your interest in the FBI? Well, I was in Army intelligence. I was an interrogator in the mid-'80s. I learned Arabic at Army's language school. In 1991... George was sent on a highly sensitive mission to work alongside the FBI in the Los Angeles field office. During that time, George Mashke received a letter of appreciation from the FBI director and the Secretary of Defense. His career in government was looking promising. I was put in a windowless room listening to wiretaps during the war. Then again, a couple of years later, the World Trade Center in New York was bombed. And so I worked there translating documents that had been seized from the suspects in, in that case. And then one day, it just came crashing down. Shortly after that, the Army revoked my security clearance. And so that was the end of my military career. Someone was trying to set me off. I, that, I have no doubt. I think it was probably the government. I found out what happened to me had happened to a bunch of other people, and they were talking publicly about it, and I felt compelled to tell my stories. George and another lie detector critic started a website called antipolygraph.org as a way to promote their book, The Lie Behind the Lie Detector. Since then, the site has grown into a treasure trove of information, from declassified documents to message boards where other polygraph critics can share their stories. I was deeply offended to be branded as a liar by the U.S. government and based on a fraudulent pseudoscience that depends on the operator lying to and deceiving every single person who's tested. I felt compelled to speak publicly about that, and no one seems to know about it. It's like mysterious. And so one of the things we set out to do was to demystify polygraphy, to point it out for the pseudoscience that it is. 
I, I, if you ask most Americans, I think they would say, well, it's not 100% reliable, but there must be something to it. If they keep using it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The police wouldn't use it. The FBI wouldn't use it. The CIA wouldn't be relying on it. I keep going back to this question. If Doug Williams' training on how to beat a polygraph test is a bunch of baloney, then why is the government going after him so hard? In the last episode, I played for you the audio of the undercover sting. Let's back up a bit to when the agent first made contact with Williams. The agent sent Doug Williams an email asking to use his services. They go back and forth a few times. Doug Williams could tell that something wasn't right. He wrote back and said, frankly, Javier, oh, by the way, the undercover agent's name is also Javier. Doug Williams wrote, frankly, Javier, I smell a rat. He wrote this in all caps. Williams goes on to write, again, in all caps. It looks like you're setting me up. Do not send the money. Do not make the reservations. I'm not going to help you. He begged me. He kept telling, begging me 21 different times on, on three different phone calls to come train, train him to pass a polygraph test because he was under investigation for looking the other way when somebody brought in cocaine. And I told him, no, I was not going to fucking do that. But somehow, somewhere, in between all the back-and-forth conversation, Doug Williams changed his mind. Then, 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 after me telling him no 21 times, the tape was stopped, and the guy who was giving the testimony for the government said, Doug Williams called him back and made him an, made an appointment for training the very next day, neglecting to say that we have deleted the part of the tape where the guy says, wait a minute. I already told them I did that. They already know I did that. I just don't want to be accused of something I didn't do. By the way, I don't have the phone recordings, but essentially William says that the agent wasn't going to deny his illegal actions. He just didn't want to be falsely accused for other crimes. But according to Williams, the government left out this little piece of evidence that would clear him from any wrongdoing. That one exculpatory statement there at the end was suspiciously missing, and I really don't sound very good on there. So it was a deliberate distortion of the evidence by the United States federal government to present a picture that was not true about me. And didn't you write him an email that, that says, Javier, I smell a rat. Yeah, but that's when he assured me that, no, I'm just, I've already told that. They left that part out. Four months later, this other agent comes to you, and he says that he's being served search warrants for his office and his home. It was like, it was like I was talking to a mental patient. It never didn't make any sense. He first came in, and he had this big old fucking backpack, and he kept rearranging it in the corner and all that. I thought, what the fuck's this guy doing? It's a little old eight by ten office in there, and I said, "Man, just leave your shit over there." <clears throat> well, I've come to find out, he was setting these camera and his recording devices and all that up in there. But anyway, let's listen to the secret audio recording again from the undercover sting. The agent paid for one-on-one -on -one training with Doug Williams. When the agent arrives, Doug runs through his spiel. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, two things. Two things about the polygraph. First and most important is an interrogation. Their big fear is them asking me about the drug question. Please help me. Brian, <laughs> shut the fuck up! 
about worrying about stuff. Touch. Listen to me. Okay. Get you past your worry. Okay. Get you past right. your fear. Get you in control of the All test. Right. But if you got to pay attention to what I'm doing and keep jumping ahead, I've already told you three times, quit bringing up negative shit because I'm fixing to put it all positive, okay? okay? I'll put you in control. And I don't give a damn if you're the biggest heroin dealer in the fucking well, United no. States. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter to me as long as you label it as a relevant question before you answer it, okay? Close your eyes. Just close your eyes and relax. Just close your eyes and relax. And then apropos of nothing, the agent brings up having sex with a 14-year-old again. When I sold the cocaine to this girl, he said, I've done a few things, but I just don't want it to get back to the sheriff. If, if, I, if I tell them that I sold drugs in a jail when I was a jailer, why would you, why would you do that anyway? I mean, I'm sure, I'm certainly not going to tell them I got a blowjob from a 14-year-old girl. That's well, why would you ever say something like that? Anybody going to do that? Say the agent told Williams that not only did he smuggle in drugs inside the jail, but he also had oral sex with a 14-year-old girl. Remember, this is all a lie. It's all part of the setup. That's what are you talking about? He said, well, I brought in some cocaine to the prison, and I did something. I molested a little 14-year-old girl I was taking home or something. All the terrible things that he was talking about. And I said, well, wait a minute. What do you... Oh, are you afraid? What are you afraid is gonna? How are you afraid it's gonna get back to to a sheriff? I don't understand what you're talking about. And he says, No. He says, I, I plan on telling him, telling him this at the, on the polygraph, but I just don't want it to get back to the sheriff. And I said, Well, it probably will. I said, Man, if you're gonna tell him that, why the hell are you even gonna go take the test? That's the why would you ever tell him some of the bitches anything that you don't want him to know? Yeah. Unless you just. I said, doesn't even make sense. I said, are you, what the hell are you doing here anyway? And I was getting all pissed off at him. He says, no, he says, I just, I just want to learn how to pass the test. He said, I, I'm going to tell him everything that, I, that, that, I, that I've done. I don't think, I went ahead and half-assed gave him the training. I really didn't do much with him. I just made me wanted him out of there. I think just talking about it, telling someone, telling you. Yeah, you, you confessed, okay. I said, this guy's crazy. So I went around. And I, I did my psychotic priest routine. Well, what's that like? You are absolved. That's gonna help. You are absolved, Brian. You forget about it. Just you got money, that's I got big old potion, left it got money, Nicole, can go not logging. I get around and get right in front of his face and I start going through the holy Latin mass. Lick my finger on my, lick my index finger and put the sign of the cross on his forehead. Nothing about this session was typical. Something was up. After a few interruptions, Doug Williams was able to complete his training, and the agent was actually able to fool the polygraph. You got any more silly questions? You want to go get your plane? Thanks so much. And I said, all right, motherfucker, I said, you about ready to go catch your plane? Because he had started off talking about how he had to hurry up and get catch his plane. I said, why don't you go catch your fucking plane? I mean, he like to broke his neck coming out of there. Thank you so much, sir. It's the top one that's locked. Okay. All right. All right. As soon as he busted through the door, five, five, count them, in bulletproof vests, come in, slam me up against the wall, grab my pistol. 
took my cell phone, handcuffed me. I mean, so damn tight it bucked off the circulation. I said, what the fuck? I said, I said, I'll tell you what, fellas. I don't know what this is, but if, you, if you're trying for shock and awe, consider it done. I am in shock and I am in awe. I said, well, I ain't going to tell you shit till I talk to my attorney. I don't know what this is all about. That kept me there for four hours. And while, while at the same time, they had 15 people over at my house keeping my wife away while they searched every fucking thing in there and took everything they could fucking get. Why did they do all this? Because I taught somebody how to relax when they answered a relevant question and how to think of something scary when they answered a control question. Some people might say that, hey, Doug Williams is teaching criminals how to beat the test. A guy who says he had sex with a 14-year-old, uh, a guy that says he was bringing drugs into the jail. Like, what do you say to that? It didn't happen. It was all it was all made up. It, no, no, I know. But hypothetically, let's say a, a okay, real hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. What did I what did I do wrong? I didn't tell him to lie. Right. They told me they were just trying to keep from getting accused of something they didn't do. The other guy told me he told me he was going to confess to those very things on the polygraph. So what was my responsibility there? He's already said he's going to confess when he takes the polygraph. So tell me what I did wrong. Seriously, tell me what I fucking did wrong. I guess your critics would say, oh, well, you're teaching people how to beat this test. No, no. See what? No, the critics should say, well, the government lied by saying that he was doing that because he wasn't. If you'll listen to the tapes, I got every damn one of them. I defy you to listen to those tapes and read that investigative report and find out where I committed even one felony crime, let alone five. We have a Fifth Amendment right to not give evidence our, against ourselves, don't we? Right. To not okay. incriminate yourself. Well, that. what is the polygraph recording? It's recording your blood pressure, your blood pressure, your pulse rate, and your respiration, your sweat activity on your hands. That's what it records. We also know that if you have the ability to control every one of those tracings to present the best evidence you can so as not to incriminate yourself. Don't you think you have a duty to yourself to do just that? In Doug Williams' eyes, he did nothing wrong. He was just exposing a magic trick that the government has been using for 100 years in order to fool people into confessing. Me telling everyone that there really isn't a Wizard of Oz, it's just the little man behind the curtain, is somehow wrong. George Mashke from antipolygraph.org says that the government is trying so hard to keep the genie in the box. They're worried what will happen if people realize how easy it is to fool the machine. He says instead of going after Doug Williams, they should be worried about real threats. You would think that the U.S. government, well, they'd be focusing on what does the KGB teach? You know, what does Chinese intelligence teach? What, do, what did the East Germans teach? No, no. They talked about Doug Williams and antipolygraph.org. And obviously they wouldn't be so concerned about either Doug Williams if if there wasn't some validity to what you guys were teaching. Yeah, like if, if we were teaching people, you know, I don't know, put a penny under your tongue and you'll pass a polygraph, they wouldn't have gone after Doug for that. 
So something in the instruction that that's out there is agitating them because this is a very effective interrogation tool. Here you have a guy that Doug Williams assumes is a real, you know, government employee who may have smuggled drugs. He's admitting it. And Doug Williams says, I don't care if you did it or if you didn't do it. And yet he's teaching him how to cheat this test. I wouldn't help someone who approached me saying, look, I need to take this polygraph test and I'm going to lie to investigators. I, I wouldn't proceed. My advice to anyone in a position like this, you know, who says that they, they have the job, but they've got to take a polygraph for, for work would be refuse it and get a lawyer. But I, I wouldn't teach them how to beat the polygraph. And do you feel like that's a big difference between what you do and, and Doug Williams? Um, it's, it's a complicated question. They sprung this on him after he had already received the down payment for the training. And he may have felt obligly, obligated to go through with it, not to, to cancel and say, I'm sorry, no, we can't uh, go ahead with this anymore. In, in the first pretext call they, they set up, they, he was... Doug Williams said no numerous times. So ethically, I think I, w I would not have done what, what Doug did. And that could be part, part of the reason I wasn't prosecuted. Uh, you could say on one hand, hey, freedom of speech. But on the other hand, what if Al-Qaeda or something starts learning from this? One of the things I've been criticized by polygraph operators for is actually our book, the Lie Behind the Lie Detector was read by Sunni rebels in Iraq who were fighting U.S. forces. It was clearly used antipolygraph.org as a source for, uh, for an article in Arabic on how to beat the polygraph. And I don't have an ethical problem with that. Mashke says that the public deserves to know the truth about the polygraph. Polygraph testing wasn't developed by the government originally. It was all done outside of the government. The techniques are very well documented. If you go to a research library, you can find out all you want to know about polygraphy. And so these are not like secret sources and methods. The government would like to pretend it's secret. This brings up a good point. Is Doug Williams' training considered free speech? Some would argue that it's not. It's a crime to knowingly help someone lie to a federal agent. Training someone to lie is different in the eyes of the Constitution than writing a manual or posting it online. Here's what I find very troubling from a free speech First Amendment point of view uh, about the prosecution of Doug Williams. The government, in fact, the government's polygraph operators organized this sting operation against him because they wanted to shut him up. They were unhappy that he was teaching people how to beat a polygraph test. As he told me, he never had a, a client or customer come up to him, tell him that he was committing some crime and trying to beat the system. People don't do that. Only these undercover agents did that because they were trying to entrap him. They, because they wanted to shut him up. In prison, that must have been awful because you've worked at the White House situation room. You've been at the highest levels of government and and then now you're in prison. What was that like? <laughs> they put me in on 
Halloween. <laughs> so it was trick or treat. I go up there and they take me in and strip you down, do all that shit, and give you your fucking North Korean army uniform. <laughs> this is what it looked like. First thing that came to my mind is Hotel California. <laughs> you can check out anytime you like, but you can never fucking leave. <laughs> so let's face it. If Doug Williams is right, the real argument isn't whether the machine can tell if someone's lying. He says the government isn't looking for the truth. They just want confessions. The two of these things don't always go hand in hand, and that's what they're desperately trying to protect. Let's talk about that as an interrogation tool, because a lot of law enforcement agencies have gotten confessions. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think, the key reason why government use of it persists, because of the the value of those confessions. If a suspect confesses, then they're very likely to plead guilty as well, which saves well, it saves investigative resources. It can save the expense of a trial. And similarly for job applicants, um, when an applicant admits to behavior that disqualifies them for the job, well, that saves agency time on a background investigation. Now, polygraphs aren't admissible in court. Is that correct? Not entirely. Under the Daubert standard, a judge can choose to entertain testimony about whether a polygraph test should be admitted or not. In practice, it rarely happens. Andrew Goldstein, the polygraph operator, says, don't dismiss the polygraph exam because it helps keep our neighborhoods safe. So a lot of what I do right now is infidelity and molestation. Awful lot of molestation. Uh, That must be heartbreaking. To me, it's, it's a job. I'm there to do my job. I never get personal. And I'm not there against someone. And I've had people accused of molestation and didn't do it. And I've had people, you know, that have done it and have confessed to it and served their time and gotten out. Would you want a man that gets out of jail for molestation to be free on the street to live right next door to you and no one be watching what he's doing? You want some kind of counterbalance to make sure this person's not reoffending because he may be reoffending against your own child or your own grandchild. So what say you? What is your argument for or against the polygraph? Have you ever taken the test? Did you fail? Did you pass? If so, send me your story. I'm curious about your experience. But for now, let's give Doug Williams the last word. How does he plan to focus his time now that he's out of prison? I'm now going up with some class action lawsuits with some very powerful attorneys, and we're going to take them fucking polygraph industry down, particularly at the federal government level because they're perpetrating a fraud and they're hurting people. I'm going to bring down a $4 billion industry, and I would be very surprised if I lived to talk about it, but so far, so good. Like that, like it just, it's just like the old boy said when he jumped off the top of the Empire State Building. He passed the 12th floor, and somebody hollered at him and said, how you doing, man? He says, well, hell, so far, so good. By the way, since I got your podcast available here for free advertisement purposes, that's another thing. That's another thing I'm putting out as much as I can. Anybody, and I mean anybody, who has been damaged as a result of the fraud of polygraph testing, whether you've lost a job, whether you've lost your freedom, whether you've lost a relationship that meant something to you, whether it was a job opportunity, whatever it was. If you lost it because a polygraph operator said you were deceptive and you know you were not deceptive, when a person is damaged by a federal agent perpetrating a fraud, they are entitled 
to damages. And I will testify in any courtroom, anytime, anywhere, pro bono, free of charge. I would like some help for travel arrangements, but that's the only thing I would require. Rather than have a class action to start with, let's get 10,000 individual lawsuits going all the same fucking time. I reached out to Doug Williams just to see what he thought about the episode, but he never returned any of my emails. Then I learned, just days after part one of the series aired, that Doug Williams passed away from a medical illness. He was 75. Doug Williams lived an extraordinary life, from his work inside the White House Situation Room to his career as a polygraph examiner for the Oklahoma City Police Department. But perhaps he'll always be remembered for his crusade against the polygraph industry. He was instrumental in the passing of the Employee Polygraph Protection Act of 1988, and he educated countless people on the flaws of the polygraph machine. He died a five-time felon for what he believed was his calling. You know, I had one listener reach out and tell me that they agreed with Doug Williams, the polygraph machine is flawed, and many innocent people have lost their jobs or freedom because of it. But this listener did not like the messenger. She found his style brash and overbearing. Well, maybe that was the whole point. Would anybody listen if he quietly challenged the industry? I don't know. Either way, love him or hate him, Doug Williams made a mark in this world. And I'm lucky to have had a chance to talk with him. Creative back.